the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Welcome to the SpotTrack.com podcast. Kevin Sylvester, Paul Peck from BuffaloSportsPage.com with the founder of SpotTrack.com, Mike Gennetti. It's his, his podcast, so we're going to talk about all sports here. Yes, but, we always do. And, and Mike always gives us a nice variety of sports to talk about as it relates to sort of the latest news going on in the financial end of sports. Yes. We want to mention, before we get into uh, a couple topics today, at the end of this podcast... Big breaking news. Big, big, big. Big (laughs) news. We might even get the uh, Buckeye Newshawk Award breaking news sounder with Les Nessman. That's for. That's right. Yes. Can we afford that? Um, I don't know if we can afford to say Les Nessman here from WKRP Cincinnati, but uh, we're going to talk about uh, uh, two positions in two different sports and how they're paid and how maybe it's changed or perhaps how it's changed. It's yeah. the same. Yeah, the Positions ab- that you normally wouldn't right. ever associate with each other, but that's what makes you so interesting, Mike, is that you figured out a way to equate NHL goaltenders and NFL running backs. Who hasn't, right? No, <laughs> that's right. No, it's really the ebbs and the flows, and it's one of those things that kind of running this site just kind of hits you in the face, you know? You sort of see the up and downs every year and, and with the free agent seasons and things like that, but r- really where it came about is is just how important the goaltender is this time of year. I mean, Stanley Cup pl- you know, the playoffs and, and the run to the Cup, it's all about the goaltender. The, the Capitals are a perfect example of this with how they, they literally started off the playoffs benching their number one goaltender completely in question. The position was completely in question. They had no idea what they were doing game one to game two. Uh, and here we are, you know, they're on the brink, and Holpe is arguably the MVP of the Cup. He's right? the story. His <laughs> saves, some of the more amazing ones, have been yeah. basically the story of what the and, Caps have done being on the brink of winning And the that's cup. an annual tradition, right? Yeah. I mean, we're always talking about some goaltender who stood on his head, and that's the reason that, that we're here. And for a lot of years, I mean, decades, that was the case with the running back. It really was. I mean... Yeah, you know, we know we're in a passing game now, and it's a modernized football game, and you got to take head injuries out of it. So the running backs have just been, you know, kind of pushed to the wayside in terms of their stardom. But I'm here with financially and with some numbers and some stats to sort of say, let's hold it a bit because, yeah, maybe you're not getting the Adrian Peterson $15 million a year anymore, but I don't think you need it. And I think positionally in sports, across all of the sports we cover, there's a lot to say, lot to be said about paying that elite player anymore because what we're going to talk about are things like depth and percentages of caps and things like that just to kind of show that this has been trending for a long time and it's working. And where we're going to go with goaltenders is consistency, right? So, so there are numbers that we've got in terms of how the number one and the number two goaltender on teams have sort of played out to a winning formula. And really, I took a seven-year look at this and there's there are almost no top paid goalies anymore. Let's just start there. I mean, in terms of what what we're looking at for next season, there's only I think four top top fifty cap hits that 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 are uh, alleviate themselves to a goaltender, and that's going to diminish as we go because of what we're talking about here. Because GMs know this, they've known this for years now. The cap is not growing. I think at the rate they thought it would be with right. this new CBA, and I think that's a big part of this. They just don't have the money. To, to build a defense in front of a goalie and pay a goalie top dollar but is anymore. The, but is the question on that, and Kevin, chime in here because you've covered the NHL for a long time, is it because the game has changed away from the goalie or is it because most of the goalies are much more even now and the number one goalie isn't that much different than the 10th best goalie by anyone's parameters? 
that that to me is more than anything because you know let's go back 20 years ago all right um uh, we're in buffalo dominic hashik mm-hmm. okay unbelievable the guy was the mvp of the league um he he arguably twice did he yes, win the twice. Hart trophy right twice arguably the best goalie of all time arguably because some will say, well, Patrick Waugh, because he won three cups, or Marty Brodeur, all, you know, Stanley Cups with the Devils. But, you know, you go into a game, it was really how, you know, those three guys, how am I going to beat those three guys, right? Let's just put those three in the conversation. But there was, their, their goal, uh, the coaching, you know, teams might have, might have had a goaltending consultant. Might have had a goaltending consultant. Um they now every team has a coach, right? It's not just a consultant. They have a full-time goaltending coach that works with their organization top on down. They're all taught the same. They're all built the same. They all play the butterfly position, right? I mean, it's not Brodeur and Hashik were unique in their style, all right? Wa started to play the butterfly, but Hashik and Brodeur never coach yeah. how, they would, how they played the game. They were uh, feel it, did it by feel. Right, they did by. They were just amazing, amazing players. But everybody else coaches uh, the same style. All the video, all the things. The that, video scouting oh. has allowed goaltenders to understand what the offensive players want to do to be in better. It's all about positioning, right? Yes. To be better positioned. It's positioning, reading the play, and just getting yourself uh, on that side. And equipment, the size of the equipment also has improved goaltending, in my opinion. Um, they need to. Re- they've reduced pads. They need to reduce pads some more. But those are certainly other issues. And I just want one other thing on the coaching. Mitch Korn, you want to you look at the goaltenders that have played under Mitch Korn, Hashik's coach, mm. goes to Nashville, Pecorine, mm. goes to Washington, Holtby. Like Mitch Korn's a guy to follow. That guy should be a Hall of Fame goaltending coach of the goaltenders that he has had. But So, yeah, the, the, the goaltenders are all similar, and they're all good. They're all good. Good enough. Good enough. Good, right, good, good enough. enough. Good well, enough. I've maintained this. I've said this before, even on this podcast, and uh, I, I've had, I've had general managers agree with this statement. You don't need a great goalie, but you need your goalie to play great. That's right. <laughs> That's, That's right. good. So That's good. right. I, but, you know, and uh, how many Stanley Cups did Hashik bring the Sabers? Zero. Uh, well, he brought right. him to one. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Stanley Cup final. Uh huh. And it really, you know, they were a team, but. Like aside from Hashik, we pull Michael Pecco off that team, right? Yeah, and the, the Sabers you know, were seventy percent Dominic Hashik and thirty percent a bunch of guys who worked yeah. hard. He won two cups in Detroit, right? Correct in two different times. But this is the interesting thing. This goes to Mike's point and yes. why I investigate this. One, one is the starter, and then the second one, he got benched for Osgood. Yes who's won a couple yes. cups as a starting goaltender. And Osgood's the, like, the greatest example of yes. a guy that you don't need a great goalie, but you need to play great, and that's Chris Osgood. And, and, and to further this point, when he went to Detroit, he was there for less money. He was traded. He was on a big yeah, contract. Was, that expired. He signed for less. He signed for even less after that. Yeah. The, the, Ottawa, the stint in Ottawa, yeah. and then back to Detroit. Yeah, and uh, I think that's the point, right? The point is you, know, you pay a little less to that goal. You allocate a little less to the goaltenders. And you're able to pay big guys in front of him and a couple of big scorers. And and here's what I did. I, I really broke down offensive spending, defensive spending, goaltending spending over like an eight-year span. And, you know, nothing really stood out like a sore thumb. There's obviously your outliers in terms of, you know, a couple of teams that, that kind of went for it all and it worked, right, in terms of getting to the cup. The Blackhawks, that a couple of years, mm-hmm. they, pumped, they pumped money everywhere and it worked. Um, but that's an outlier. But when it came time to pay Niemi, 
They we're right. not going to pay any of it. Right, and they're at they're they're at the brink of possibly just a complete implosion in terms of that cap coming to 2018. So, you know, it's a short window, which we're seeing in all sports. You know, we're seeing that in in, in the NFL with the Seahawks and the teams like that, um, and hopefully with the Patriots soon. But uh, uh, the point here is, and it, and it really goes to the, the two major sports I've keyed in on, which is NFL and NHL. The point here is don't be top 10 in anything, in anything. <laughs> you know, if you're a GM and you're and you're managing this, Top 15 to top 10, that 10 to 15 line for where you're, you're spending your offensive dollars, your defensive dollars, and definitely your goaltender, goaltending dollars, you want to be right in the middle somewhere. You want to be a little bit above middle in terms of where your numbers are. You don't want to overpay for anybody in terms of one star in one position. You know, and you certainly can't underpay unless you're, you know, the Houston Astros and you, you kind of hit lightning in a, in a bottle like we saw, you know, the last two years here. But right in the middle with everything seems to be the, the, the most successful, consistent way to get yourself to the top. And you just described the Patriots in a lot of ways. And, and here's where I want to, yeah. here's where I want to not argue with you, but you talk to, let's take the money out of it for a moment. You talk to I personnel. I know you can't, <laughs> you take the puck to personnel people in any sport. And they're like, you need great players. You can't win without great players. Yeah. And ultimately great players have to be paid like great players. So how do we figure that? You, you got to have great players. You got to have players who become some of the best in the league and what you're playing. Now, are you saying you don't ever pay them and you go get a more, you go get others? How do you juggle that? You have to convince great players that enough is enough in terms of the money. <laughs> you have to. You you have to, and that is the Patriots' way. Yeah. You, you have to tell the the, the the wide receiver that you want that yes, there's others making 16 million, but 12 is enough. And that's just how it has to be. That's a, and, and that's a, not an easy and a good GM in this day and age. That's not easy with a to plan do. in place because you've got to have a plan. You've got to be able to tell these guys if you if you take this contract here, and in two years we'll be here. We're going to have this guy next to you and this guy. You know, you've got to ha- you've got to be able to lay out a plan financially to these guys. You know, or to the agents, obviously. To, to sort of say this is the reason we're going to come in four million less, and, and it's going to be successful, and, and we believe this is you're the right fit for this. So if, if I'm putting on my agent hat or, or my GM hat, that's what I'm saying. But but the, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, it, it really is. There, there's only one team on the NFL side of this that that brought a number one anything into a Super Bowl win in the last uh, eight years is what I looked at. The Seattle Seahawks. That was it. That was it. You mean number one ranked defense? Yeah, you're talking that about that was it in terms of anything. I mean, the 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 consistency with these players, these teams building ten to fifteen in terms of their offense, their defense. I'm talking cap number, cap numbers here. They they have done a phenomenal job of just balance. It's all about balance. Uh, nobody's too high, nobody's too low. And 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 to your point, how do you get that? How do you make that happen? You just do it. You just do it. The well, Pittsburgh it Steelers have scouting. done it for a long, and, and, long and it, time. And it takes us back to personnel, which is back to yeah. scouting, which is faith in your ability to acquire players so that you have a lot of good ones. And then if one is really good, but you don't want to pay him and he leaves, then you have the ability to replace him. Okay, that's the next point. So we're talking a little Buffalo here. The Sabres were great for, what, six years? A good, a good amount of chunk chunk of time there, right? Well, there's there's two uh, periods where they in, in recent history yep. where they were good: the Hashik era, yep, and then post lockout, yep. post two thousand six, yeah, and and the but the base of every Sabres hockey team has always been goaltending. It has. Right? It's goaltending and scoring. It has. It hasn't been the. Everybody thought Lindy Ruff was a defensive coach. Eh, that was incorrect. He always had great goaltenders. He had Hashik and Miller, but. 
but I think we can all agree here, just having been close to it, that I think the detriment to the Sabres' ability to win and push through that wall was that they held on way too long to way too many guys. Way too long. Sure. And, and that's, the part of, that's the part of this that, that, that good teams have figured out. That, yeah, that in order to keep that balanced cap structure, you've got to be willing to let guys go, whether it's trade, whether it's cut. But if, if X is getting too high on, your, on your, your balance line or if he's demanding too much, he's out the door. Because you'll find two guys to replace him. And that's sort of, yes. sort of where we're going here. Well, the, the other <laughs> argument with the Sabres is they hung on to the wrong guys. Well, yeah. No, I'm just, no. Yes, like, that's obviously. something you, you can do. Like, yeah. Because they, they, you weren't willing to, they weren't willing to pay mm-hmm. uh, two guys, yep. Drury Breer, they ended up having to pay Vanek, who, who a good player. More than he was ever worth. Ever. Correct. And always chased, chased the replacements. Yep. But yes, and so, and that elevated other players in the roster, like Derek Roy, again, good players, but they weren't great right. players. You look at what Danny Breer did for the Philadelphia Flyers, they paid him, they paid him for a reason. Guy's a playoff performer, right? And they paid him big. Now, the other thing, and this is the point about not paying guys way too much, the Rangers, who yep. signed Drew, also signed Gomez, yep. did not work out signing those two centers to huge contracts. There wasn't enough balance on that hockey club. And the Rangers are a great example with this discussion because they've got that Lundqvist deal. He's yes. the guy, that, yeah. That, I mean, yeah. See I mean, the highest paid goalie in, in, next he, to Carey Price? Carey Price. It's Price now, yeah. but it, for for years it's been Lundqvist, and they've they've seen little from that. I mean, let's be honest. They've been they've been an up-and-down team. They've, they've missed the playoffs with him. Yes. I mean, uh, there's no guarantees at all in paying a goalie, and, and they're the proof in the pudding with, in terms of how that works. So, like I said... It, 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 we're at a position now where, you know, maybe the numbers are different. Obviously, they're different. I mean, obviously, the numbers in the NHL and, and the NFL are going to be different. But in terms of how these things sort of align parallel, it, the, the the depth of the running back position and the depth of the goaltending position, which we've talked about here before, is really in sync. And it's something that has proven it can win. I mean, I, I'm you're num- you gave us some numbers and yeah. I'm blown away by this. And as we spin this back to running backs in the NFL, yep. uh, not even the Steelers with Le'Veon Bell, the highest paid running back in the league by far, are allocating 10% of their cap to the running back position. Right. Tell everybody what the average is. Yeah, the average cap allocation for a team's entire arsenal of running backs is 4.4%. Amazing. It's amazing. That, amazing. That's a stunningly low number. Now, I want to explain <laughs> I mean, that. I, I want to explain yeah. that too because somebody could be at home and go, wait a minute, these NFL teams are just drafted. Saquon Barkley and Leonard Fournette last year, but that's in order to keep the costs under control. I, I actually, I actually looked into that because I was worried that th- this draft was going to change it a little bit. The Giants only have three percent right now allocated, and that's without Barkley. So Barkley's only going to push them up to close to five because rookies I mean, are cost control. Yeah, I mean, and he's a, a high paid. He's one of the highest paid running backs in the league now. As a rookie, as the number two third overall, third pick. overall yes. pick, yeah, yeah. It, yeah but, but doesn't it? All right, but let me let me be a counter argument here to sure. spending on these positions. Okay, so you know we can sit here and look at the Rangers and say, well, he spent all this money on Lundqvist. Well, when he got the contract, he was the best goalie in the world, in the world, and it's like, okay, that that's your that's your base. Like your your skaters want to know that I got a guy who's going to stop the puck when right. I make a mistake because you can go on the attack more if you have. You know, an outstanding right. goaltender back there. So I, I don't, I don't fault the Rangers for signing Henrik Lundqvist to that. I do. 
You do. I, I do. And, and here's well, the, what are they supposed to do? Get, get me the fourth best goalie in the world. You, uh, yes, you've, well, already, you've already made the right point. The right point is how much better. How much better is he? No, the point, the, actually, the error for the Rangers are, and all the teams that sign is the length of the contract. Yeah. To me, you've, you're si- preaching to the choir over yes. here. <laughs> sign the goaltender to a three or four year deal max. Any player in at the max NHL. money. Any player. Like you get well, an it's got to be ki- max money, or you're never going to get a star to commit to a shorter deal. Well, like that. you know what? Someone's got to be bold. Like, then I'm going to move you. All right. Yeah. And, and if I can move you, but to sign goaltenders to long term deals yep. is is pointless. It because they they are going to go through a Ups valley. Downs, yeah. They're Even when they're great, they're going to have bad years. Correct. And there's always a, a, a young player who's going to. I mean, Holpe was a young unknown when he first came up. Is like, wow, who is this guy? Yes. You know, and he was great and cheap. Matt Murray. Right, Matt right. Murray. Corey, who uh, is he? Corey Crawford. Corey Crawford. When he won the first cup with the the. These are all the la- the latest yeah. cup winners. Right. One, one Blackhawks. <laughs> one quick goalie aside, as as I'm watching the Stanley Cup finals, and, and Tim the, and, and Tim Thomas. Let me throw Tim course, Thomas yeah. in. They brought him back from Europe at age 39, right. and yeah. he won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. One, Come on. one, one quick thing I've noticed, um, and, and you know, a lot of posts get hit, right? <laughs> it's a and game. announcers like Mike Emmerich, oh, he hit the post, you know, and and That's I'm a like, great wait impression of Doc, by the way. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm thinking about. I'm thinking. About, Doc wait a meets Rick Jenner right there. What, yeah, I know. Why does everybody <laughs> hit the post? And I started to think about it, and I'm like, I know why everybody hits the post so often. They're trying to be too precise because the goalies are so good at giving you only the top corner yeah. of the net to shoot at. So it's it, you, you you goal goal scorers have to be at such a little area to shoot at. They're always shooting for right. the posts. When's the, when's the last time you saw a goaltender in street close? Right. Yeah. And then you see them, and yeah. they look like they're putting on they're those sumo the suits yes. you see at halftime yeah, yes. at an NBA game. Right. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Manny Legacy, all right, former goaltender for the St. Louis Blues. Just look, Google a picture of him and his pads. Manny Legacy's about five foot nine. Yep. His pads were it would fit a six foot eight person. They were ridiculous <laughs> how big they were. But you know, a lot of like so. Yeah, they need to reduce. And then go back and look at. Uh, Oddly enough, a Don Edwards puck is sitting right here. All right, uh, my kid must have been playing with. It. But anyways, Donnie Edwards, uh, former goaltender, NHL Sabers, and look at pictures of Don Edwards. Yep. Looks like he's wearing a shirt, right? <laughs> you know, with uh, you know soccer shin pads compared to what's going on here. So, but anyways, you know, I, uh, goaltenders need to be protected with equipment, but they don't need to wear all the equipment that they're wearing. That's right. And that'll now the the argument for goal t- the goaltenders will make is like, well, take away the equipment. If I'm an agent for a goalie, like he's going to make less money, mm-hmm. right? So there's a lot of forces at work here. Bottom line, to go back to it, I I think you pay and, and much like you look at the Washington Capitals defensemen, yeah. right? So they, I was going to make like you know they pay Ovechkin, and that's why the Caps are winning the series. By the way, you can say it's hoping though they have a superstar yep. in Ovechkin uh, playing up front. The Knights have a bunch of good players that are playing great as a team, and they had a goalie who's hot. But the Caps have a superstar. And they also have four defensemen making about four and a half to five million bucks. Yeah, it's perfect. We'll yeah, block that's a lot of perfect. shots that never get to the goalie. Because it, your fifth perfect. and sixth defenseman, if they play one shift a period, that's fine. And I got to tell you, that's new for them. And to me, that is the one thing that took them up over the edge here. Yeah, because they're paying Mike Green a ton of money, and yep. Mike Green is the wrong guy to pay a ton of money to. Mike Green's a one-dimensional defenseman. Even, even when he was great, he you pay somebody like that, and you can't build around him. You right. can't do it. You can't put – if you've got a number in line for how much you're going to pay your defense in a year, and you start there, well, there's not much left to fill in. And, and they, they found balance, and they put – 
good, big, solid players at average cap hits in front of him, in front of Hopi, and look where we are. I mean, they're dominating. They're dominating. Well, let's, <laughs> let's you know, the Nashville Predators, by the way, yep. figured that out with Shea Weber. I, you know, Shea Weber is a heck of a player, but like, you know what? Let's get P.K. Subban, who's younger, yep. uh, faster, and can do similar things to Shea Weber, maybe some things differently too. And they went to the Cup Finals last year. Yep. If you and, look at if you look over recent years, th- those big big contracts, man, it's it's hard pressed to find one that really worked yeah. out. It really is. Yes, uh, you know, I guess the bottom line here, at least in in hockey, and probably in NFL too. And we'll just talk about these positions, but probably, well, now you'd fall in love with a quarterback. Cheerleaders do. Why can't we? Um, it's but the one don't fall in love you with your players. Play. Don't fall in love with your players. Right. And especially in these positions where they're interchangeable. Goaltender, running back are interchangeable. So, so here, here's sort of the parting shots on this because you talk about the goaltender, you talk about the running back, right? We, and we've sort of laid out the parallels here. But goaltenders really can't change. They can't evolve. Correct. Right? I mean, they're, yes. they're, they've got a job. They've got to do it. You know, if they do it well, they'll continue to make money. The, the running back position has evolved. And it's going to continue to evolve, I believe, based on you know the way the game is moving in terms of the passing game, right? So you're seeing these running backs becoming multi, you know, multi-leveled in terms of the weapons they're being used as. You know, the, the Barkley amount, the was drafted as much for there. his pass catching ability as his running. Jarek McKinnon got seven and a half million a year to go to the San Francisco 49ers. He was a backup in Minnesota, so you know, obviously they're going to use him. You know, in a lot of plays in a lot of fashion. So it, it's coming. Is that going to translate to money? We'll see because wide receivers are doubling running backs right now. They're flat out doubling them. The highest running back, not named Le'Veon Bell, is eight million. The highest wide receiver, seventeen million. So, and and that's the trend in terms of percentages as well. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have twenty percent of their cap to wide receivers right now, and four percent to the running backs. Yeah. So I, 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 I mean, that's where that. we are. I yeah. mean, that's just the league. So, so you want to get money as a running back? You got to catch the ball. You've got to get yourself into plays, more plays than than you know first and second down. And I think we're getting there. And it's going to beg the question because we've seen tight ends. You know, their their money's gone way up. The, the more they become in the passing game, the Gronkowski's and the Grams and them have have really set that trend. Uh, are we going to a place where if you can catch the ball, you're worth fifteen million dollars a year? Are we going no to matter place? what position you yeah. play? Yeah, are we going? To, are we going to the weapon position? Well, isn't that the McCaffrey kid in Carolina? I, there's a lot of teams doing this. Kamara, McKinnon. I mean, I mean Barkley, obviously, uh, Bell, Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, there's a lot of teams that have sort of set themselves up for maybe one guy who can do everything, and then some pieces around him. Obviously, that's that's the way the the Eagles and the Rams have been successful, and the Seahawks really to, to boot kind of started this, but. This spread offense where everybody sort of gets a piece, but nobody gets too much of the pie, of the pie, and 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 to me that's how the game in terms of the on field game looks, and I think that's exactly how the financial game should work, work as well. Boy, how much would Thurman Thomas and Roger Oof. Craig be worth Roger today, Craig. right? Emmett Smith, <laughs> first right? running back yeah. to ever have a thousand yards rushing and, and receiving, receiving right. in the same yeah. season. Yeah, I always thought I, I thought Roger Craig, you know, he was he. he was more of the you know he was the first guy I thought uh-huh. to catch passes out of the backfield yeah. regularity. Then Thurman w- with the Bills, and then uh, J- James Wilder with the Bengals. Thinking of James Brooks. James Brooks. James yes. little short. Little, James little Wilder guy. was James, the Buccaneers. James right. Wilder was a big two hundred thirty yeah, yeah, pound right. running. I'm back. thinking yeah. of uh, I was a Barry Brooks. Sanders guy, man. Uh, Barry Sanders was the thing to watch, and he, yeah, and he, he never he did caught it right. the ball a ton I, enough. I mean, he was a screen pass guy a right. little bit, but he, he man, he did it right, didn't he? 
get in, get get famous, get paid, and get out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and I think either the players at running back are going to choose that route or the teams are going to say this. That's what I'm saying. Draft them high, get four years out of them, five years out of them, and get them out. Yeah, goodbye. Goodbye, get the other one. Too many, too much tire, you know, tread off the tires. All right, before we uh, depart today, I, I don't think we need the Buckeye News Hawk breaking news thing <laughs> you anymore. Sure? You know I'm going to do that sound effect I, again? I'm, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I, we, I think some people stopped listening, actually, when he did it the first time. So, But uh, Mike has some uh, big news yeah. concerning Spot Track. We do. Yeah, we uh, the day is finally here, sort of, for most of you. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we've been promising this for, for months now, and, and we're finally able to say that there is an, an iOS app available in the iTunes App Store. So those of you on iPhones and iPads and things like that, you can go and download the uh, SpotTrack app. Which is about 75% of mobile users. Yeah. Hope. Maybe even more. Yeah, we, we, we sort of went with the percentages in terms of how we started this. Uh, we do have an Android one in the works. It's, it's, uh, it's sort of being hashed out still, but uh, it'll be similar to the Apple one. So if you're able to get on an Apple product and download our app, please click around. Please uh, let us know what you like, what you don't like, what we're missing. Obviously, we're going to keep building this thing out as, as it goes on. Um, those of you who are SpotTrack Premium subscribers, there's uh, you know all the bells and whistles that you have on the website in terms of the past contracts, and we uh, we built a new feature for our premium members. Uh, if you are logged in on the app, we have a favorites tool, so you can kind of go to your players and your teams that you follow the most. You can bookmark them, and you've you've got a uh, favorites list that you can access right from the start of the app, and you'll be able to quickly get to those things on the app. So hopefully, it's a better experience. It's uh, quicker for you. It's a little bit less hassle, and you can obviously take it with you as you go so you just go to the uh itunes store mm-hmm. and you look at spot track s-p-o-t-r-a-c that's it and it'll pop right up to download free download uh free to free to use like i said if you're a premium subscriber there's a little bit more to it um if you like it leave us a, re- a review rate it obviously if you don't like it let me know why <laughs> yeah i'm on it now messing around with it. it took just a couple seconds to download it is great it's easy to move around the menus are good you can go through teams you can go through players free agency everything is there uh it is everything that you get on the uh, desktop version but a lot easier and quicker to move around including the always exciting trending section <laughs> that's right and our podcasts are there as well so you can listen to the spot Track podcast on the app itself and a uh, big shout out to Scott Allen, our uh, sort of uh, man behind the scenes with everything. He put in endless hours on this, kind of figuring out how this was all going to come together. And uh, I'm really happy with, with, with the uh, initial launcher. Like I said, we'll keep, uh, we'll keep on it. We'll keep building to it and uh, updating things so as we need. So despite what you just said about not paying the highly talented people, <laughs> yeah. Scott's going to get a nice boost out of this whole I don't deal. know how highly yeah, I pay him. You know what? <laughs> IT, guys, IT guys are interchangeable, too. They're, oh, they they're are. running okay. backs. They're like running backs? Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Brutal. Good luck with that. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding out there. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's awesome. Make sure you download that. Make sure you give us a rating. By the way, yeah. in the uh, yeah, let us know. iTunes podcast uh, section there. So let us know what you like. And if any topics, by the way, anything you want us to discuss in the podcast, um, send it to Mike a message via Twitter on the Spot Track uh, feed there or an email, what have you, on the app. Again, let us know everything for you. All right. For Mike Gennetti, the founder of SpotTrack.com, get the app today. For Paul Peck, he's going to have an app before dinner today. I already rated, already gave Mike my stars. <laughs> All right. I'm not going to tell him how many. See if he's nice to me. <laughs> I'm Kevin Sylvester. Thanks for listening to the SpotTrack.com podcast.